Hello and welcome to the We Are Birmingham podcast. I'm Chris Golding. I'm Matthew Elliott. And we both survived our weekends. I got back from Newquay. You survived your cousin's nephew's niece's party. Was it something like that? Uh, no. You didn't go. Didn't, we didn't do anything. Oh, well, yeah, no. I was supposed to go to um, my, yeah, my sister's house for the day. What happened? Oh, yeah, my eldest was poorly. She had a sickness bug, so she stayed in. So, so you got out of it then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, everyone got out of it, so it was pretty boring weekend bar sort of watching some a bit bit of football and yeah, had a few days off in the last few days of paternity, back to work today, which was an absolute joy, but they get to work from home so it's not too bad. But there, uh, here we go. Back in the real and, world and again. It's technically Thursday. It is technically Thursday. One more day, bank holiday. Yeah, so yeah, I, I didn't even get to really watch the game. I got I got a stream, um, but it was very choppy. I had internet that was probably at best about three meg, so it was very very stuttery. Well, that's cool so the, for you. Yeah, yeah, great fun. And then cloudy as well, bit of rain, so it was a. Uh, it, it wasn't great to watch. Um, how was it with normal internet? Uh, yeah, absolutely fine. Actually, it was. Uh, I think it was one of the clearest, cr- crystal clear uh, games I've, uh, I've watched this season via that format. No, I mean, how was the game? Oh, the game in general. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, first half. First seemed half. All right. Thirty minutes. Thirty-five minutes. I thought, and I don't. A few people disagree with me on this, but I think we played some of the best football we've played this season in, in a in a. Probably, yeah, maybe about half an hour of that first half. We obviously got the early goal. Some of the moves were really, really good. And I actually, we when we set up, and obviously you'd mentioned the night before that you had a feeling that Hotter and Marabti uh, were going to start, and you, you were absolutely bang on about that. And, you know, I think from the outset, it looked like we were going there to try and, try and play football. Gary Gardner, for half an hour absolutely dictated that game now i think gary gardner's did, sorry but it did it did look like we'd originally set up with davis and gardner sitting in front of the defense and then the other three um being hotter Mrabti and shea i think it was was sort of sitting in front of them there did seem um, to be a slight change as, as the way they set up and it, it, the blues account even tweeted that they've since deleted that tweet by the way i don't know if you'd noticed yeah, no, I, well, I didn't even see the tweet in the first place, so I screenshot it. By, I screenshot it. Yeah, I've got did you, it. I've did, you got, have a, did you have a feeling they were going to delete it? I've got the, I've got the evidence. <laughs> well, the thing is, I messaged Brian Dick and said to him, "I was like, we look like we're set up differently." Blues account just tweet tweeted this, and he says it's four four two, mate. And I was just like, okay, I'm just saying what what's been. And he sent me, he actually sent me some photos from where he was watching the game. Uh, of how we were lining up later in the game, and it was definitely four four two. But yeah, I, I thought we definitely looked like we'd started with a different shape, though. I it, think it seemed it seemed that once we'd got the goal, we seemed to then drop back. The potential uh, there, I think, and we spoke about it before that they're having a bit a little bit more fluidity in the yeah. front three or four players, and when you've got Marabti and Hotter and Adams, you. There, you've got the ability to be able to do that, and I wonder whether that gave the perception that you know we had set up slightly differently. And that, but the game was that we we the football we were playing was I thought for that minimal spell in the first half was really really good. And as, as I was saying before, Gary Gardner seemed to be sitting back and controlling the pace of the game as well. And I didn't think he had the capability of doing that, but he showed. He, I saw a different side to him. Unfortunately, he went absolute to pot in the second half as the rest of the team did but, <laughs> but the midfield was being completely bypassed anyway half the time because the ball was just getting smashed up front all the time which was really irritating but yeah it was it was very frustrating I mean I, I say I was watching it on a very laggy stream that, that was pausing every couple of minutes if not the seconds um, but it did seem like in the first half certainly we were we were moving the ball around we were playing some good stuff we created some good chances but we just didn't 
take them. I mean, we could have probably been two or even three nil up at half time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had about, I think we had about 10 shots. Or yeah. Something like but that. then we waste those chances. And then in the second half, we just don't even seem to get the ball down at all. Like you say, everything's going long. We're chasing yeah. it. We didn't try to get the ball down and, and play with it. The big issue, the big issue for me uh, was Ipswich at halftime realised you were getting overrun and they were they were being completely outplayed and outmuscled. They switched to two up front, and it only it literally took what two minutes. They they'd scored and then they were just on the front foot consistently after that. It didn't yep. take very long to realise that actually we should have changed something to try and counteract that and try and nullify it. A bit like Monk did the week in the week against Sheffield United when they changed, they made a sub, he brought, ended up bringing Hotter on just to try and give them something else to think about and it kind of stemmed their tide. He should have done something against Ipswich as well, I think, because I mean, we were lucky to probably come out of that with a draw in the end, to be perfect, to be honest. Well, I, did, uh, I read somewhere, I, I didn't see it at this point, because for the last 15 minutes or so, we just got absolutely nothing. Everything froze, had no stream at all, no internet, basically. I think it clouded over. And uh, did, did um, Lee Camp pull off a, a good save? Yeah, he did. He kept us in it with a. I think it was a really, really good save. Actually, it kind of that save kind of went under the radar with a lot of with a lot of Blues fans, as far as I could see. But yeah, it, it was a good save. Definitely kept us in it. It's just very disappointing after the way we started the game, and you know, we we really looked like we were out there to go and win it, and then just put any fear of potentially getting sucked into that relegation. Um. Fight and just put it to bed, and yeah. we just didn't. And it and, and it is it's it's annoying, but you know it's another point. It's a point we didn't get last season. I think we lost one nil there last season, did we? I think that's. I think that might have been the first game of the season actually under under uh, Harry potentially. I think that's when Martin Waghorn might have scored against us, but uh, we lost anyway. Was it not um, Joe Garner that scored for Ipswich on that one? Yeah, I, I think it was. It was either him or Martin Wackle, I think it was Garner. I think you're right, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, another point, like you say, another point on the board. Yeah. No, probably two dropped from how we played in the first half. Um, my, my mate actually texted me and said it reminded him of the uh, QPR game. And I can kind of see the similarities in that, in that the first half, we were very strong and then second half, completely different side sort of comes out and, and are barely in the game at all. Yeah, no, it, it was, I mean, without the goals, it was a very, it was quite a similar game. We, again, we were really, really on on form in both games in, in the first half. And it, and it was a similar brand of football as well. It was really, really effective. It was it was fast-paced. It was moving, we were moving forward and really causing them problems in the second half. It was, say, the polar opposite. So... Yeah, very similar, just without just without the goals. I think the, the important thing for us was that apart from, I think it was Reading who won, I think everybody else either lost or or drew down there, So or most teams drew down there. So I think Wigan... Uh, as you won, were. Yeah, it was as you were. So, but, and it's as you were with one less game to play now, isn't it? So we're still... Yeah. I think we're OK anyway. I, I, I honestly think we could still go the rest of the season without getting another point and we'll still stay up. That won't happen... We will get more points, but I still think we'll be fine as with what we've got at the moment. What did I predict a few weeks ago? Did I say fifty-one points? Something like that. Yeah, I, I can't. So. I can't remember what. Still on for it. But I think uh, we got. I think we got four more, didn't we? Uh, four or five more. So we're halfway there. Four more. We yeah. got three point three points against Leeds, point against Sheffield United, and point against Ipswich. So I'm, I'm halfway there. <laughs> There we, there we go. Yeah, well, we, I mean, that'd be great if we can get to that quickly. We, we just need, we just need, uh, if people want to be able to sort of relax a little bit, we just need three points, and I think that's yeah. pretty much it sorted. But given our goal difference, so well, we've got another uh, another top half team, uh, playoff contender, shall we say? 
with Derby coming up and, and we do seem to raise our game. Frank Lampard's Derby, should I say. Frank Lampard's Derby, yeah. They've, they've kind of got off, off the boil a little bit with the, uh, yeah. not as much the the team, but the, the way Sky referred to them as Frank Lampard's Derby seems to have died down a little bit. It's almost like they've realised they've started doing it, they've been doing it and they've been told just to be a little bit more careful about the way, <laughs> the way, they, the way they say it now. And the fact that everyone <laughs> takes the piss out of them on Twitter. For this it. is this is it and I think that's Every potentially why <laughs> it, it, people have, start, have stopped saying that on, on TV now. A bit like the... Uh, they, they're full of a bit of a... Mess ups at the moment, aren't they? The one where uh, Carragher and Gary Neville decide to walk off down the touchline the other way. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was off. all about. I feel like that was staged, but it was just really poorly done. I don't know if it was supposed to be a statement of some description, but it. No, the, it was the producer bad. said that they, it was intended and they were going off to speak to Ralph. That's yeah. yeah. that, that the one. <laughs> they were going off to speak to him in the tunnel. Um, but the way that the camera panned round or didn't pan round and, and sort of walked with them, she was just in the background of the shot. Oh, <laughs> so that's how it, yeah. as so, they walked off. Normally, it was so weird anyway. It's like, yeah. If someone asks you a question, you don't then just turn around and go, see you later, I'm going to answer that while we wander off. <laughs> that really depends on who's speaking to you. To be fair. Wow. Well, that's true. <laughs> in radio, that type of thing would work fine yeah, anyway, yeah. but it's, it, on TV it just doesn't work at all, unless the camera cuts away from it. True. It just doesn't work.
so I wanted to just touch on one of the articles that I think was uh, released last weekend. I think it, Brian Dick ran a story, and then the Blues website ran something pretty similar. I think it must have been off the back of the uh, press match, uh, press conference. Sorry for the for the Ipswich game. Uh, there's questions around maybe like the, the transfer policy for Blues next season. And <clears throat> Monk Gary Monk had said that he was going to sit down with with the board this week, or which was next week in the article. But this week uh, we're sitting down with them to discuss what they want to do in uh, in the way of recruitment during the summer. And it, I found it kind of interesting. I don't know if if you read it or not. I'm, I'm assuming you, you probably did. But obviously we know that. Um, there's going to be certain restrictions in terms of just it being <clears throat> one season capped off at 30 million, which I think we're, we're potentially going to exceed anyway. So they'll have to see what we can do around um, around that in terms of numbers. But for me, he spoke a lot about moving forward and having clarity and being happy to deal with any adversity that we've thrown at them as long as, you know, as long as they are happy that, that you know that he thinks the club is going to be progressing or moving forward, it's almost like when he was talking about happy to deal with adversity. It's like this conversation may have already happened with the board, and I have a feeling that he might already be these sort of setting expectations with this article or this with his answers to the questions that were thrown at him during the during the press conference. I also think the way he was wording some of it, or the way it's been worded in the article, um, it looks like he might be putting a little bit of pressure on Mr. Dong uh, around just having that, he's mentioned clarity, just so he knows exactly what he's got to work with and, you know, let's stop with any of the bullshit we had last season and ensure that we know exactly what we're working with this time and there's no... There's going to be no issues further down the line. So, yeah, we- so that 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 article was actually released on Friday. Was it Friday? Was um, it? Yeah, and I was I was driving down to Cornwall on on Friday, so I I hadn't read it. Um, do you want to read out some of the key points? From uh, that the quotes maybe? Yeah, I've got it here, so I might as well just uh, read out a, uh, a few bits from it. So, as I've already alluded to, um, he. Monk said, as long as there is a way forward and clarity, I'm happy to deal with adversity and a little bit of a mess and stuff like that and see if we can have a clear path moving forward. He said, the clarity from the EFL needed to come. I need to sit down with the club now in the next week and find out exactly what it is in terms of figures, budgets, recruitment and being able to move and, yeah, and move the squad forward. Yeah, badly written, I think. <laughs> I think that was badly written. Yeah, uh, it's not just not just me reading that. There's definitely some wrong. But um, so he goes on to say, I have said it said it before. As long as I can see where the path is, I will always be happy, and I've got no doubt we'll be able to do that. So it's, it sounds pretty confident. Uh, Monk understands that we would not be able to make additions as quickly as we would like in an ideal world, but he says he's happy to play the long game. If it takes a little bit more time or a little bit more hard work to start getting to slowly, to surely and surely a better place, I'm more than happy to do that. He seems more than happy to do things quite a lot at the moment. Yep. One of the key things for me was, and this is a bit around some expectations, he said, a tight budget doesn't bother me at all, regardless of the pace of it. Here we go again. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> I have said that from the start, and I'm sure we'll be able to get that to that situation soon. So the next stage is to sit down with the club and get clarity within within exactly what we can do in the summer, basically. So there's a, a few things there that kind of just cross over and pretty much he, it's almost like he said the same thing about five times but in about three different ways. It's, and he's uh, happy to do it. He's, he's hap- and he's happy to do it that way, Chris, yeah. so um, I like that he's happy to do it. Uh, yeah, he seems to be quite happy about stuff. So no, that, <laughs> that, that that's a good thing. So. The key things for me are just, he's setting the expectations there. He's talking about adversity. He's talking about the pace that we're going to sign, we're potentially signing players. He doesn't mind a tight budget. For me, that is just him saying to the fans, don't expect us to go out and blow a wad of cash on loads of yep. players because it ain't going to happen. And that goes back to what we said last week when we were talking about scouting in League One and League Two and scouting in over in Europe where players and wages are cheaper. It just makes more sense to do that because we can't go out 
splashing money on players like we did with Hotter and Colan and um, Dean and that just that trolley dash with mad wages and and stuff like that. So just what are you going to say? Just 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 ignore that then. <laughs> what are you going to say? Roberts. Roberts, yeah, and, and Roberts, yeah, another one. But so there's just so many of them, isn't there? It was what thirteen did he sign? Was that fourteen, thirteen or fourteen in that sort of that that period? And of course, a lot of this my, is my, again. My, my case, my point in that one was the fact that I think he's played about three games. Or something. Yeah, he's not, he, well, he played. He played a few under Cotterill, didn't he? A few under a lot, but he might get a game or two before the end of the season if we pick up three points in, in the next couple of games um, yeah and then obviously I say I think it's a bit maybe put a little bit of pressure on on Dong asking for that clarity in terms of don't go out and you know don't make sure you tell me what the hell is going on and what the budgets are we need, we need to work with so I think Daniel Ivory uh, Al Majir actually referred to that as well in, in a recent article as well so I think he, I think Brian Dick mentioned that if Monk deserves anything after this season, it's just a bit of honesty from the board about what we can spend and what we can't spend and like how we go about doing things properly. So I thought, although some of it was poorly written and it might be just a way that Monk had said it in the uh, the press conference, it's actually, I thought it was quite a good little article and maybe fans didn't see it as him setting expectations, but for me... He's sort of starting to plant seeds and lay out the ground, the groundwork to for us. People might disagree with that. That's just my that's just my perception. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's he's definitely laying foundations for 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 next year. Um, not in terms of to the supporters as such. Uh, although there is there is a sort of nod. I think there that he's obviously aware that there's not going to be an open checkbook again. Um, but in terms of of laying some foundations to go and speak to the speak to Dong and and Co. Um, and and to know exactly where he stands, um, yeah. where he's going to stand on this this year. Um, he, I think he's obviously. I, I hope that he's happy at Blues. He seems like he's he's happy with the fans and with the stuff that's going on around the club. Yeah. So we can only hope that he's he is happy. He's as happy as he seems, and that he can get that clarity from above to to move forward. Yeah. I'd love to be sitting here doing the podcast in five years' time, and for Monk to still be in charge, and for him to have gradually moved us forward and to have got us into the Premier League Champions League and Champions League yeah. <laughs> five years five, five year plan mate five year plan you're Dr Tony yeah five year plan <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it, it might not happen football's a a fickle a fickle sport and it's a, yeah. it, it doesn't take a lot for for change to happen does it but, no I mean but he, he said off record to to, to people that I, that I know that he is really settled in the area. He hasn't felt like he's um, been at ho- home for a long time until he came to came to Birmingham. So it's completely different. He was always struggling at, at Middlesbrough from from the off. From what I can understand, Leeds was just an unfortunate situation. Obviously, Swansea was. Uh, home from for a very long time but from yeah. what I've heard him say or what I've heard from other people about what he said is that his kids are settled it's he, he settled and the whole of the backroom staff are settled and they love it round here so you know and you know I think he's got a group of players that actually enjoy being around him and being around each other as well I think that makes it makes a massive difference this is just the start of what could be a really cool project or a really nice project for for him and and his coaching staff. So, you know, he's, I think it's just, I think it's good that he is willing to, you know, sit back and, you know, deal with the adversity that's been thrown at him already and then carry on and, you know, still have a few struggles, but just have one more season of consolidation before we can really try to kick on again. So I've seen loads of people say, oh, yeah, let's go out and, you know, we'll sell Shea Adams and we'll move Hotter on or we'll get money for Butland and then we'll go out and buy people like Britta Sombolonga. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I mean, no. whether or not Monk bought him 
when he was at Middlesbrough, I don't think matters. So we need to be, we need to sort of sit here and talk about stuff that's in the real world, it's not fantasy land, it's not championship manager, it's, it's not FIFA, that we've got to be able to play the game properly next season. And if that totally means agree. young players from League One or League Two or from Europe and you know, that have got a lot of upside and that's the way we need to go because we need let's, to really... Let's move it forward gradually. If you, you add those nine points on now, we're at, we're, we're a mid-table-ish safe finish. Yeah. Not battling for playoffs, not fighting relegation. Yeah. So next season, I think we need to look at just moving it forward slightly, and oh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose Shea, we might lose a few others. If we can get a few additions in there, who young, hungry players come in, and and help us move up the league a little bit, and and yeah. we'll do it a few times, a few a few places a year, and you never know, you might have an outstanding season with a few players in there, and you get into the playoffs. This <laughs> is it. I mean, we were, take it, won't you? <laughs> we flirted. We flirted very briefly with the playoffs this season. Um, okay, now even with the, not realistically, not realistically, <laughs> but I mean, if we, for a little while we're there thereabouts, weren't we? We're, we? we're just on the edge of it. Obviously, the nine we knew the point deduction was coming, so it was never going to last. But yeah. at the moment, I think even with the nine points, uh, if you put give us the nine points back, I think we probably only move up to thirteenth or fourteenth or something like that. So it's not a massive difference anyway. Yeah. Given, but I think that mark the that March period didn't really help us. Definitely not. <laughs> but we just want consolidation and building blocks. He spoke when he first joined us that you need to put those things in place. What we didn't want is another relegation battle. Essentially, you know, we're in releg- uh, sort of in a relegation battle at the moment, but it's we'd already accumulated enough points to stay up, as as Monk's already uh, pointed to before. But next season, we could arguably be weaker if we move on. Shay, we need to go and find a striker that can give you twenty goals a season, and they don't either. They don't come cheap, or they're very, very difficult to find. So, you know, the the coaching staff have got a lot of work to do with anybody they bring in, or with the current the current players. You know, Vassell's going to have to step up at the moment. Scored again for the under twenty three. He today. did, yeah. Unfortunately, they yeah. lost, but Vassell just seems to score every time he plays for them at the moment. Unfortunately, under twenty three is quite different to. Yeah, I get that. I, I think as well, though, you, you, you've you've obviously got to get some time under your belt in the first team to to be judged on that, rather than just little cameo roles every now and yeah. again. Well, I think the, I think the important thing to remember is, and it's that if anybody had told me at the start of this season that Shadow was just was going to score over 20 goals I would have laughed at them because he didn't look that bothered to be perfect even during pre-season I was like this is a I I didn't I wasn't that impressed I mean we saw him at we scored him was it Doncaster at Solihull Moors I think when we went didn't we he scored in that game but he he scored in that game but he was pretty terrible to to, to be honest and it's wasn't impressive he wasn't impressive. He wasn't impressive yeah. for most of pre-season, and there was talk of actually Bez Lubala um, taking his place in the first game of the season. It never happened, and you know the rest is the rest is history. And he's got twenty odd goals, and that's great. But he's going to be he's going to be gone next season, and we're going to need someone to fill fill that uh, fill that hole. And whether that's Vassell or someone else, who can pick up the cheap bargain from somewhere. I don't know, but it's going to be really really difficult to replace that yeah now one one person that it likely won't be is who you mentioned a few minutes ago Britis Umbalunga now he was from Middlesbrough or he's at Middlesbrough yep Steve Gibson in the week having a, a bit of a moan about Villa Derby Sheffield oh, yeah. Wednesday was it yep is he right to <sighs> I mean, in your opinion? Do you think he's doing it for the wrong reasons rather than the right ones? Do you think it's because his team aren't up there battling with them and he's a bit pissy about it? I personally think he's right to be doing... I think he's got... If, yeah, He's I, got a good point um, and he's right to be calling it out. But I'm not sure that he's doing it for the right reasons. That's my opinion. I can, I'd like Blues to go out and, and to, to challenge it. Yeah, well, I mean, I can understand. I, I can understand people from the outside thinking he's just doing this because you know it's 
they're probably getting in the way of his chance of getting in getting in the playoffs. But, you know, we spoke about it before. I mean, at the moment, these things that these clubs have done to balance their books is they're loopholes. Yeah. They are ways of getting around PNS and or FFP or whatever whatever you want to call it at the moment. And you know, whether that's right or wrong, from a moral point of view, they're not breaking any rules. But that said, maybe the EFL should be a little bit more strict around the way with the way things can do do the way clubs can do things like that. The big thing for me here is as well is that these clubs can't do that on a regular basis. When they were talking about Derby selling their ground to the owner, they can't do that again. No, no. no. Oh, well, and uh, I saw a few people mention that they would buy it back for a pound and then resell it, and now surely that would be a big no-no. I assume, anyway, we don't don't know. Um, But surely they'd look at it and say, well, you... You can't sell it for a pound, or you can't buy it for a pound and yeah. then sell it for eighty million pound. <laughs> That's not how it works. And none of none of these things that uh, these clubs have done actually encourages sustainability. It's almost just like moving. It's just like moving money around accounts. It's it's probably morally wrong, but it's not breaking any rules at this point in time. So I think he probably is he is right to bring it up and maybe the EFL will have a look at the way they the way they they structure this in, in the future but sometimes you think they kind of make it up as they go along so it's I wouldn't put I wouldn't put any money on it now speaking of the EFL or the EFL um, we've been talking about the situation with Coventry and the potential ground share with them. We mentioned it last week slightly, um, but there's been a big discussion going on about it this week. In my, um, my so, shock when Sky released that article and we are already a week ahead of them. So you mentioned Burton last week and then obviously Blues were the other, other club. Um, is there any more details or...? No, I mean... The Sky article referred to Birmingham, one other club, and Coventry Rugby Club. But the Coventry Rugby Club only holds 4,000. I think they can increase it to 6,500 or somewhere, somewhere along those lines. No, um, say Sky didn't refer to Burton. They just said one other club, but I'm pretty sure that it is it's, it's Burton Albion. Now, we're obviously the closer of the two between those clubs. I'm not sure what the capacity is of Burton's grounds and how many Coventry would want to take there. They didn't take very many to Northampton when they moved there. We're not that, what, 22 miles away from from Coventry or something like that? 22, 22. Half an hour from yeah. the centre of Coventry into into Brum, yeah. into St Andrews. Like from driving from the darkness to the light, isn't it, I suppose? <laughs> um, not, not half. Yeah. <laughs> and the, from about the 60s into the yeah. 20, 2020s. <laughs> At the moment, they pay just over £100,000 a month to Wasps. It works out at £1.3 million, uh, a season that they're paying. But Wasps take all their match revenue. Now, I don't think that means ticket sales, and I'm using the Coventry Observer and Coventry, Coventry Telegraph as um, my source sources here. Wasps take the majority of their match day revenue, so I guess that's food and you know anything else that's bought on, on the day. Concessions. And, yeah, concessions, and drink, etc. Yeah. Um, See, I, w- I would have taken match day revenue to have meant ticket sales as well to be yeah honest. but then where do they make any money <laughs> well, so well. that's i think they need to make something so match day tickets must will be uh will go straight into the pockets of coventry then straight out to pay for the uh pay for the the rent of the ground and to pay the players then obviously they've got sponsorship and stuff that could that, 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 that rev, the revenue streams there as well so and i believe that they based on all their match day takings, 
that there's like an incremental rebate or some form of rebate that gets paid back to Coventry at the end of the season. I don't know how much that is. I've seen something say it's two million pounds or something else. I'm not sure that uh, whether or not that's true. Um, I don't know. It just it mentions that they get a small payment back at the end of the season. And I just read another article that said two million, but I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt because that was done as a um, independent article and not something that was in one of the uh, local media. Now, from my understanding is that Blues are looking to try and do a similar sort of deal around uh, maybe a little bit more than one point three million, but only taking a percentage of match day revenue as opposed to all of the match day revenue. Now I don't know how that works as such. I'm not privy to the information. I've just been told something on the grapevine. I'm just I'm going with that. I have no issue in terms of if we can maybe make two million pound out of that over a season. The issues are you know. Make, making sure we get paid. We ask for a lump sum up front. We know that CSU are... Yeah, you dodgy. Know, you say dodgy, but yeah, and they're, yeah, they probably. But they are businessmen, but you want to make sure that we do get... We tough, do, tough to deal yeah. with, shall we say, rather than dodgy. Yeah, tough, tough, tough to deal with is probably a good way of, put, of doing it. My only concern is what the pitch could look like by the end of the, end of the season. Now... You look at my, my like, big concern as well. This is, <laughs> it's, it, and it is a big concern. You you could look at maybe relaying during international periods. Of course, Coventry would still be paying international periods. They'd have to play away. You, but you relaying costs a lot of money as it is about two hundred thousand pounds. I think maybe yeah. you, you'd want to do partial. Yeah, you'd want to do partial relaying. So you do relaying maybe the goal mount in sort of the the areas and um, centre circle. And you'd also, uh, I think there'd also be some maybe challenge challenges from the West Midlands Police because if we're not playing at home, the Villa normally are. Yeah. So they'd have to Coventry be some, playing yeah. close to Villa. Yeah, which you know they might not be bringing that many fans, but it also means the West Midlands Police have to have. Police, what well, say do they? Because I suppose they'd use Coventry, the Coventry and West Midlands, still West Midlands, Midlands, Midlands. Midlands. So still yeah. use the same police they would probably use locally anyway. So maybe that wouldn't make too much of a difference. The problem is you'd have potentially two teams playing quite close to each other. You've obviously got Blues and West Brom play on the same day. Maybe teams get moved out to play on a Sunday, but no one really wants that, and I don't think that would happen. No. You could also say, or oh, Christmas we try and make sure that everybody, that Coventry and Blues, play their sort of few games away from home to try and give the pitch some time to repair repair itself. I don't know. There's a few things there. But for me, money-wise, you know, to help out another club that, you know, could potentially be expelled from the Football League, no one wants to see that happen. I don't care who it is. I wouldn't want to see... I wouldn't say no one. I wouldn't say no one, but oh no, yeah, there, there, there a are majority of people that may have, may or may not have uh, liaised with over Twitter over the past few days that don't care if a club goes to wall. Couldn't give a fuck. Yeah, you know what? And that, you know, and that's their prerogative, and that and that's fine. But you know, yeah. if you want to be a cunt like that, then that go go ahead and do it. I just, uh, I, yeah, it's not for me. I don't want to see a club like. Coventry go to war. I don't want to see any club go to war. I don't care who they are. But, you know, there are. Oh, no, it's, and it's the, the same. The same with Bolton. Now it, it's it, with the issues that they've been going through. You just as whatever beef that you've had with Bolton in the past or their supporters or at any point. Same with Cov. There, there's the like us. They're football fans. Yeah, exactly. They've got their club and. It could be us at some point, and you you just got to look look at it as as a football fan. Well, it nearly, ha- nearly has been us at one point. It nearly well, has yeah, been at one yeah. point. We've had to but we've had to use other people's grounds for a long, long time ago. It has happened, so yeah. you know, it's it, it just you know, I, you, I've, you've just got to, you've just got to look at it as a football fan and say, well, if we can help ourselves out and help subsequently help you out, then. You know, it's a win-win, isn't it? That, that's my opinion on it. From, from, uh, from the club's point of view, like they're not going to reach out and help another club, Coventry or whoever. Out of the kindness of their yeah, hearts. <laughs> it's exactly what I put on Twitter the other day. Is this is purely financial. They're only going to be doing this for financial gain. Yes, it give, it raises the profile of the club and makes us look better, but absolutely get in there 
And if we're getting one million or two million pounds for all in for this by the end of the season, go ahead and do it because another revenue stream is another way of being able to help us in terms of getting ourselves straight with, with PNS and 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 trying to balance the books. So yeah. Now we obviously put out the the question to Blues fans on Twitter to see what they they were thinking about it. Um, we've had a, a message from Joe Watson. I have no issue with this at all. Um, on away days, we're not there anyway, so it doesn't really make any difference to us. Yeah, it is St Andrews and it does belong to us, but you know we can help out the little guy, and in turn, hopefully, you know there might be a little bit of financial gain there, and then. You know, as a thank you, they can just give us Tom Bayliss. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Now, I know he stole your thunder a little bit there. He's a swine, <laughs> yeah. He's a swine. I was, I definitely said that we could get Tom Bayliss in a, in a, in payment. He's, he's just recovering from a broken arm at the moment, isn't he? I think he's, he's out injured anyway. For, yeah. You know, I think he's going to miss the end, end of the season. But yeah, a, a bang on as far as I'm concerned. His referral to the little guy kind of made me laugh. That little guy won the FA Cup in the eighties, but you know. But at the moment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where, where they are now, are you uh, are you one of them? Do you look look in the history books to find yourself as a big Best, club? Do you? Yeah, especially in the eighties, <laughs> mate. Big on history in the eighties. Yeah, very big. West Midlands in the eighties, big history, big history. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, there's there's been a few messages. Um, John Pierce uh, said, "Surely rent towards FFP uh, plus money generated on match day, etc." Um, there's oh, let me scroll through. Um, Jamie Harper um, wouldn't bother him, but think it'd be too big for them. Surely they'll only use the cup and the Gilmerick. Josh Clark said it's a win-win. It improved our public image, brings in funds that otherwise wouldn't be coming in, strengthens relationships with a club we could potentially do business with. Can't be a bad thing at all. Yeah. Um, Fox, I think that's Will Fox, said, don't mind it, feel for Coventry, so glad we can help them out at least. Um, and then Benno said, I'm claiming this one genius idea that will help us out. I'm not sure it's genius, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then there's a few the other ways. So Lee W uh, said, not sure about it. Whilst I see it as helping them out, I can't help but being a bit possessive as it's our home and I don't like sharing it. Is that selfish? Um, and then... Smithy as well said it's our home let's keep it that way revenue they have minimal fan base even less so with the move and for what so uh, I, I can see people being possessive oh, about yeah. St Andrews yeah. but I just think we're not even there and I made the reference the other day where it, it's kind of like having a holiday home and when you're not there rent it out earn yourself a bit of money and as long as the carpet is in decent condition or at least gets repaired yeah. carpet being the pitch <laughs> there's no issue with it is there we're not going to be I, I did, I did get it. that reference mate you didn't have to explain yeah. it yeah well I, you know, <laughs> I, I do talk to you quite regularly so <laughs> I thought I might have to easy explain now. it easy now easy now <laughs> it's, yeah I think it, 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 for me it's just that it's a no brainer really I, at, at first I wasn't very keen on it and the main issue was the pitch yeah and we all want to see us playing nice football. And yeah. if the pitch cuts up over a season, it's it's not going to be pretty. No. And it, well, it, if if they can cope with it, it, I mean, it's Martin Kelly does a great job with the pitch anyway. Yeah. And if he can, if he can counter in it, that we're going to be playing an well, not us, but if a team is going to be playing an extra game on there every other week rather than the pitch resting if, if they can deal with that then you know let's, uh, let's go with it and I think if you look at for example uh, Bristol City Watford Reading and Coventry at the moment all share their all share stadiums with rugby teams now rugby I think causes more damage to, yeah, of to course the grass is, yeah. absolutely so and then you look at the you look at Bristol City that pitch is always in pristine condition we watched Coventry Blues under 23s a few weeks ago and you know the pitch was absolutely fine so well Blues Blues under 23s played at uh, Ashton Gate 
the other night, didn't they? So, yeah, there you go. So, or the, the other day, sorry. So the, this isn't the, we're, if we're, we're not in the eighties anymore. We're not in the eighties or the, or the nineties. You know, pitches get looked after now. There, there are new it's, ways it, of it's, it's synthetic as well. More yeah, mix, there's isn't a, it? synthetic an injection mix, or it. synthetic stitch. I mean, it's only normally somewhere between five and. 15, 20%. I think Liverpool and Man United have got like 20% synthetic stitch injection, but they can afford to put that in there. It can, can be quite expensive, but I think Blues are probably going oh, How does that work? I've always envisaged a bloke going around on his hands and knees just sewing different bits of grass. Basically, that's what they do. Yeah, he's got a little, he's got a, he's got a backpack of loads of synthetic fibre <laughs> and he pulls it out like he's got like a, like a, a like his Ghostbusters thing and then just starts. <laughs> like a proton pack. <laughs> Proton at it, proton pack, yeah, pulls it out and just starts threading it through the through the grass. I've no just idea. Don't, I've, don't I've, cross I've, the streams though, yeah. I've, I've, I've no I've no idea. But they call it like they, they call it like an injection, don't they? So I don't know if it's artificial fibers that are injected into the grass. I don't know, I'm not quite sure how it works. I'm sure if we go on YouTube there'll be some video that tells that tells us how it's done. But um I think the blues the blues have artificial I say insemination. Then that's wrong. Artificial injection. In, in, we we uh, have synthetic mix. Yeah, because they made a big thing about it last last summer. I think it yeah. was. Could have been a couple of years ago now. To be fair, but yeah, they they uh, Martin Kelly was um, did a big article with Blues yeah. uh, website saying explaining the deal about what it was and yeah. why it's so much better. Yeah, and and yeah, there's there's more of that going on now. So and, and that's why I think the pitch looks in better condition now than you know than it did a few few years ago. And that's the same for everybody else. You don't see very many terrible pitches these days. No. Um, so you know, I think well, the, the the other biggie was uh, that's uh, Smithy. We obviously had a, a big debate on Twitter with uh, with him last night yeah, about it. Fun. I was eating my chicken wings <laughs> while doing that, so it's quite hard to sign like Thai fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> and eat my chicken wings. You get Siri to reply for you. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was it was interesting debating with someone who had a completely different mindset about that. And it was it, it, from from my point of view, it's just I couldn't I couldn't quite get my head around his side of thinking. Uh, I, I think the main thing was that he was concerned about. That whether it would be worth it financially for us yeah and we obviously in the end said well that's what we've been saying all along if it's not financially beneficial to blues then don't take it and no that, one's saying hand it out to them for free no we're not offering we're not offering a handout here no one said no yeah. one wants Coventry to go to the war and we want to be able to help them but not at the detriment of what could anything any neg, neg, negative impact on our club, whether that be financially or or whatever. So, you know, and the the, the other thing that he he pointed out was about receiving payments from them. Now, obviously, we pointed out last night if there's a deal in place, you want it to be stone wall, so that if there's anything that they try to, if they turn around and say, "Oh, we can't pay you this week." Then there's got to be a get out for us. Yeah. Right. No, you can't. You can't do it. But if they've paid, if you if you get a payment up front of a big agreed lump sum, and then if it's based on a percentage of all the concessions, so the the food and the beer and whatever else, any of that profit that comes to us, I suppose it will probably come to Blues first and then be paid out to Cov, wouldn't it? So yeah. See how they'd be able to get out of of giving us a share. It's, well, that, that's it. So there are, and there's a there's a reason why these talks are going to over for weeks, and it wasn't just a text between Dong and somebody at and somebody at Sisu saying, "Yeah, let's give you the stadium for." Hey Sisu, come play at St Andrews. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> that was uh, just just like him. I man. don't know what I don't know what accents were. Just just like him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, they, they weren't they weren't any accents but. they weren't <laughs> they were more cartoon voices <laughs> we, we just we need that protection there are going to be insurances in place I'm sure because you know the the, the those owners had a history of running up a bit of a, a tab previously with I think Coventry 
council and never paid them, but then did pay them. But you know they've had no issues paying Wasp now. They just can't come to agreement again. Um, and they they don't really it doesn't seem like they want to work with each other now. So and that's fine. If if they want to come here, then you know let's put a deal in place, make sure it's beneficial for all parties and everyone's protected, and you know we make some decent money out of it that helps us move forward as a club yep. because it's only for one season it's not forever i'm sure well, that that's it's... that's the other key thing it needs to be short term i think yeah. it can't be something that is a, is is allowed to then drag on no and um, I, I don't think that i don't think the efl well say the efl probably would let it drag on they let it drag on this far haven't they but i, I think yeah. this is a very very temporary thing i mean They'd already be outside of their the boundary that the rules that are set it has to be in the CV postcode or seven miles from you know the center of Coventry. This is already outside those parameters. But you know when I listen to Sean Harvey uh, talk on the radio, Creep, a few weeks Creepy ago, Uncle Sean, Creepy Uncle Sean. Yeah, when he was talking on the radio the, the other week, he said that they have to consider all possibilities and what is best for the club going forward. And if that means they have to move 22-odd miles down the road into St Andrews for a season, then that's what they have to do as long as you know it's a beneficial move for all parties. Now, you know, it, I'm okay with it. I know other people won't be, and I can understand that. But, you know, I know a lot of people that were pissed off about changing the name of St Andrews, but I don't hear anybody refer to it as Trillion Trophy, and everyone still refers to it as St Andrews, and everyone's forgotten about it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's it's literally only the media and yeah. the club that refer to it. Yeah, in in that name, don't they? So it's it all and it's no all forgotten. Me. People kicked off about it. It's all forgotten about. Yeah, it's all forgotten two, two about. games. If it happens, two games into Coventry playing at St Andrews, it'll be forgotten about again. <laughs> and it might it might rear its head up at the end of the season if the pitch is cutting up with 10 yeah. games to go at home or sorry 10 games left in the season so five or six left at home I think there'll be um, extra due kind of attention given to the pitch and maybe that's why Blues want to try and get a little bit more out of uh, to for the rental of the ground because they want to, to ensure that the pitch is, is dealt with um, yeah, which is fair and you know, I think I think it might have been Josh, uh, Josh's message to us around, you know, building a relationship with Coventry. If we wanted to go in for one, like, you know, we've joked about Tom Bayless and he's a great player, but they've got a lot of good young players. Yeah, and um, it would not surprise me if we do build that sort of relationship that we end up, we do end up looking at a couple of their their younger players, you know, and then that relationship is there. We've done them a favour. We've helped them out. We we could potentially be at the top of the queue. So, you know, it's it's a really good point made by Josh. I think there as well. Right. So, if you're still listening now, it is your chance to win a retro blues kit mug of your choice via the terrystore.com. Now, we spoke about this last night, and because it's the terrace. I think we should have a, a question based on terracing over the next couple of games. Okay, yeah, that sounds good. How about we give people until three o'clock on Monday, maybe just and do the the Rotherham game. Yeah, I was going to say to do it, do it just for the Rotherham game because you know some people might not get a chance to listen to to listen until after the Derby game or yeah, you know, on, or on their way to Rotherham maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect time to listen. So, if you are listening. For your chance to win a mug from the terrace, all you have to do is predict the attendance at Rotherham versus Birmingham City on Monday. Monday, the what's the date? I don't know what I don't know when uh, Easter Monday is. <laughs> Easter Monday, it's fine. It's yeah, Easter Monday. Easter Monday. <laughs> and email that to podcast at we are Birmingham. .co.uk with the subject Terrace Competition Easter Easter You know what that means as well as hot cross buns 
and lots of chocolates. Yeah. And what else do you have at Easter? The uh, people I, that die and come out of caves. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't go. To I don't know. Uh, my my religious education was never up to much, so I'm not sure how spot on that is. But what you do get is you get football. Double headers. Double headers over the bank holiday. Starting with Derby. Yes. Derby. Yeah, Derby All County. Right, who's All right, okay. still, still in with a chance of uh, getting into getting into playoffs. They've on they've beaten Rotherham six one recently. They won four 0 at the weekend. I, I, I think that one thing that I think maybe slipped under the radar is they haven't won away from home since the twenty ninth of December. So that's eight games without an away win so far. Frank Lampard's derby haven't won away from home since December. In the league, no, they haven't. So they're very, very reliant on their home form at the moment in terms of getting into the playoffs. I, now, don't, I don't like stuff like this. Mate, this is it. Now, this, I always why. say that these runs always have to come to an end oh. at some point and this is the perfect place to, for it to come. Why to, the fuck have you had to bring that up? <laughs> you could have just left it under the radar. It's still going to be a fucking statistic, isn't it? So... Um, yeah, but if you don't know about it, it can't hurt you, can it? There must be something psychological with them there, for, and you know we're we're all we're all right at home. Um, okay, things haven't been great uh, recently, but you know two two games now unbeaten there with a win against Leeds and a, and a draw against Sheffield United. Disappointing, obviously, with the with the away draw Ipswich, but. You know, I, I kind I, I'm going into this game and I feel moderately confident that we won't lose. Is that even a is that even a thing? Moderately confident that we won't lose. It all it seems all very negative, doesn't it? Um, it does. <laughs> but I know I know what you're saying. But they they've set up four three three or four two three one, and they've got a lot of dangerous players as well. It's that's slightly concerning whether our back four or. Our, Back four, our midfielders can can deal with people like Mount and Holmes and Wilson, all the other players that they've got that you know we're gonna are gonna cause us trouble. And they're not afraid of going behind either, as we found out earlier in the season. No, th- this is a they're more than capable of turning the game round once they've gone behind. But that said, they try to play football. They try to they try to pass out past teams. I, I'm confident that you know we can prob we can deal with that, and I think we will revert back to type. You know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Magoma come back into the team. Um, I think he'll probably still stick with Mahoney. He might play hotter. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think other than that, the team's going probably going to pick itself unless there's an injury. So I'm I'm not. I've lost the words. I'm confident that we won't lose. <laughs> Quiet, quietly confident. Quietly confident that that we won't lose. I mean, these next two games are, you know, from a point of not having anything to play for in the last game or two of the season, these two games are, are key for yeah. getting something. Uh, so that, I still think we're okay anyway, but, you know, you'd like that peace of mind, and I can understand that. I think... While they've got something to play for and that chance of the playoffs is there, I think they're going to be a very dangerous side to to deal with. There's, there's, they've got that carrot in front of them. Now, whether or not they come into it and they take the game by the scruff of the neck, it, it's whether they turn up on the day yeah. and whether the, the players turn up and, and show their talent. Now... With Blues, we can very much go out and scrap and make the game uncomfortable for them. Yeah. And we've also got the ability to get the ball down a little bit and cause them some problems at the other end. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see us get uh, Keo and actually run at him. I think it would be a bit criminal if we just go long ball up to him, uh, long ball to Duke, sorry, where... Keo would be quite happy with that, I'd have thought. It might give him a game, but 
he he'd be happy to he'd be happy if Blues turned up and played long ball. Um, if we were to have someone like Hotter getting the ball down and running running at him, or even having Shea dropping five coming and getting the ball and running at him, I think yeah. he'd, we'd worry him a lot more. Um, it, it's something like you say. It's it's something that we can get something from. It's yeah. just it, what Blues turn up in the first half, what Blues turn up in the second half, and what Derby turn up for an away game. And I think it, it's, yeah. it, it's all stuff that you find out. You mentioned that what, which Blues turn up in the, in the second half, and probably forgot to mention that earlier earlier on. But obviously, conceding to Ipswich very quickly in the second half. That's and happened. West Brom. And West, that's happened a lot this season. Sorry, I didn't realise you were going to go into other games. Then <laughs> no, 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 that's this. Uh, that's happened a lot this season. So that's what we want. If we're going to go in at half time, you know, one up or whatever the score is at half time, not losing, we need to make sure we're awake second half and you know ready to go again because it is those first few minutes of the second half is always really worrying for. For, for me as a, a Blues fan I think yeah probably definitely for a lot of people so well the, I mean I suppose the, the key one in showing how much that that can change a game is probably QPR as well because they came out after half time they, they'd scored just before half time and then obviously went in came out and, and carried on and it was that mental switch almost yeah it, as soon as that goal's scored in the second half we're mentally battling against it again it's it's gone from a four goal lead back to two yeah and as soon as you let teams in we just look mentally shot if we can get through the first 10-15 minutes we look a much stronger team yeah we we look there's confidence it's it's being comfortable isn't it and this I think it's just on Saturday we just set up and just to try and I know you've mentioned about trying to play a little bit of football and trying to maybe cause Keogh and I think is it Tamori, the other centre back, the kid on loan from Chelsea. I assume yeah. he's still still there. Um, just to try and cause them some problems. Of course, we've got Ashley Cole, who you know, despite being about five hundred and forty-seven, is actually still a really good left back. Oh, Ashley Cole is a fucking asshole. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, so. I still I still haven't forgiven him for that F- first game in the Premier League. Oh, you not, God, yeah. You not remember it? Yes, when uh Cisse. Get, yeah. Was that when we was that did we lose 4-0 in that game or was that a different game? I, well, uh, I was there. I think it was 2. Was it 2-0? But Ah, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the Gary's wrong. debut was the 4-0 one, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's. I could be completely wrong about that, though. Um, but yeah, it was the one where uh, Cisse got sent off when yes. Ashley Cole had dived out of the way. I remember and that. Yeah. Ever since that day, Blues fans have hated the cunt. Yeah. But Ashley Cole, Cash, Ashley Cole, who you know, yeah. he, he, wasn't he? Didn't he nearly sign for us last season? That well, was last with, season with Harry, Harry in charge. Yeah. So, quick, uh, quick prediction. Two two. Two two. I will go for a sneaky blues one nil win. Ooh. I, that was you know, that was my initial thought was a one nil. Because I, I kind of see us setting up a bit like we did against Leeds and just, you know, grinding something out, but No, you've you've gone two two, mate. I've, I've gone two two I've gone two two now. Um <laughs> you're making then, stick to it. <laughs> yep, you're having it. <laughs> And then, <laughs> so uh, moving on, it'll be Rotherham on Monday. Yeah. Obviously, there's no point in us talking about it because the, there's a lot that could happen between now and then. Yeah. It'll probably be them scrapping to hold on and could be a game that sees us clear. How do you see it? Prediction? Well, yeah, I mean... Don't want to spend too long on it, but they've Swansea have got to uh, Rodham got to go to Swansea on Friday, so a lot will be down to what they get against against those guys. We're already what six, seven, are we seven points ahead of them, six points ahead of them. 
extra point if you class the goal difference anyway. Um, I fancy Rotherham to beat us on uh, Monday, I think. It's just one of those, it's one of those games where you know Joe Newell, you can just see him at scoring against us or doing something against us. Big Blue Nose obviously was in the Blues Academy as well. He scored a banana few goals. skin. Yeah, he scored a few skin. goals against us in the past. I, you know, and we do struggle against those teams as we've, we've spoken about numerous times on here. I don't want to be negative, so I'm going to say one-one. But I could see Rotherham beating us. I'm going to go for two-nil Blues. Blues. In- I hope so because going to that one. So, and then I'm going to We Are Birmingham FC players AJ's wedding. AJ gets married on Monday, so shout out to AJ. Congratulations, mate. I hope everything goes perfect for you, and we'll see you on Monday night. And until next week, keep right on. Yeah, congratulations, AJ. Good luck. And keep right on.